Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. All right, everyone, welcome to the Overcomers Podcast, sponsored by Journey 333. Journey 333 is a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, where we help people look better, live better, and feel better. I'm Travis Barnes, and I'm the founder of the Overcomers Podcast and the founder of Journey. Today, I have a fellow entrepreneur with me in the building. I'm super excited. Wow. I've been talking with him a little bit off the air, and he's just so smart, and he has such valuable information to share. He is the CEO and founder of AI Monkey, which is one of the fastest growing mobile app developers and software development companies in the world. He's had an amazing entrepreneurial journey uh, that started off in Venezuela. His family uh, was entrepreneurs themselves. He decided not to go in the family business. He learned a lot of lessons along the way of trying different things before he got to where he's at today. So I can't wait for him to share his business lessons and also what do you know about AI, everyone? Artificial intelligence. What do you know about that and the impact that it's going to have on the world? Why you need to know more about it? How it's affecting the political landscape? Well, today, Elias Sukados is going to tell you all about it, and I just can't wait. Elias, welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Thank you, Travis, for that introduction. I think you're, you're exaggerating a little bit, but I'm very excited to be here. This is a great opportunity for me to share with you my experience uh, and tell me, what do you want to know? Well, you know, I think that uh, first, I guess, just to let the audience get to know you, um, you know, a little bit about your history, if you could. Uh, your family was in the salt business, which uh, had given you some opportunities. You tried a few different things and just really how you uh, arrived at AI Monkey, uh, you know, doing what you're doing today. And then we'll dive into, of course, the uh, the AI portion of it, you know. So if you could just share a little bit about yourself for our audience. Yes, well, my family was in the, well, still is in the salt industry. But, you know, my, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. He created that business. My dad was an entrepreneur. He created his own business. My mom is an entrepreneur. So when I... So when I was a kid and, and they all were entrepreneurs, they all had their own businesses. I was like, I, I, I need to create my own business. I, I want to travel my own road and I need to part my own way. So I want to create things and I want to be the, I, I want to create my own things. Let's say, let's put it in that way. So I had many ideas in mind. First, I decided to offer some services to my family business. Then I decided to maybe I could go in, in different business. But then I saw an interview by Jeff Bezos and they asked him that this is in 1997. And they asked him, eh, what is your company? And he said, I created this thing called Amazon. And how do you came with this idea? Well, eh, I, I was working in a quant hedge fund in Manhattan when I came up with this with this stat that said internet uh, internet usage is growing 1,200% uh, a year. So I just created a business plan that aligned with this growth. And I said like, mm, that's really smart. I mean, this guy, he's just 
putting himself into the red industry and it's the industry that is taking him up. So where should I go? Like, what industry do I like? And I, and I came with tech and I said, well, I didn't know much about tech back then, but I, but I, I knew that I wanted to be in this industry. So I went to the best university in Venezuela back then when I was in Venezuela, I stood up and I went to the technological park and I said, Hey, I'm an investor. I have all these opportunities for you. And I, and I make this really big pitch and the, the president of the park came and said, well, uh, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? And then we started like having this conversation and I, and I said like, well, it doesn't matter the idea, but what matters is the team. If you have a, a soccer team and you bring Ronaldo, you bring Messi, you bring Modric to the team, well, uh, that this team is going to perform very well. So why don't you bring me the best students in the university? So he brought them and we started doing some ideas and we said, well, we can offer. I have these guys here. I can, why don't I sell them? So I, so I started giving some conferences and, and going to different places with, uh, with other companies and I started like pitching the idea. Hey, I have a really good team of developers. They all are the best students of this university and we are really good. We have really good rates until I sold my first project and then we started growing really fast. Well, I love, I love this story because it sounds like being entrepreneurial uh, is in your blood, right? I mean, everybody, grandfather, father, mother, and doing different things. And so you chose to do your own different thing. And uh, because it, it was really the spirit of being an entrepreneur, you were open to different uh, different industries, different avenues, and to follow a man like Jeff Bezos and say, well, what did Jeff Bezos do? Who uh, has definitely uh, a couple of different times now claimed being the most wealthy man in the world because of his choices. Um, you know, so he's... Uh, he chose an industry that was growing by 1200% and just kind of said, well, how can I fit in here? So is, uh, and then of course you went and investigated, you know, what industries are growing, you know, over there at the technological uh, universities and whatnot. So how, uh, how, tell us what, what, what it was about AI that brought you into this field, you know, like, tell us what do we need to know about AI? Like, cause some people are knowing that certain things are happening with artificial intelligence, that uh, there's uh, more things popping up and you hear it in the news, but uh, maybe we're not really even aware of like the growth rates and the things that, uh, you know, what it's impacting in the world, you know? So if you could uh, share with us a little bit about what you've been learning. Hmm? Well, I think that before trying to understand a certain specific topic like artificial intelligence, it is very important to understand the impact that these new technologies could have on society and why we should not ignore this coming change. Unfortunately, uh, history makes no concessions. If the future of humanity is decided in our absence because we are to be seeing our routine jobs or playing with our children, so and we refuse to adapt to these new times, neither they nor we will escape the consequences and we will be left out of the game. Like, this is very unfair, but who, who said that history is fair? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so kind of, kind of asking everybody not to, uh, as some might say, put your head in the sand, you know, like you, you have, to, you have to stay aware so that you're not left behind or uh, you said this off the air, you know, you said something about uh, 
getting on the AI train. You know, I like to say that there's a, a train called change coming and you don't want to miss out on the train. Right. So. Uh, so, yeah. What do you think? Uh, how do you think that AI is going to impact our future? Well, what do you see as some of the uh, uh, the upcoming changes? You know, the uh, the ones that you know people need to be the most aware of. Well, there are a lot of things that AI is going to affect and is affecting right now. One of them is, of course, the political landscape, and other is the fact that. Uh, a lot of bots and algorithms are going to replace uh, people. For example, in the political landscape, uh, you could say that at the end of the 20th century, uh, it seems that uh, there was a big ideological battle between fascism and communism and liberalism. And this resulted in an overwhelming victory of liberalism. Uh, democratic politics, human rights, free market, capitalism seems to be destined to conquer the world, but things uh, took a different turn. And now a lot of things that we took for granted are now losing credibility. For example, the merge of the, the merge infotech and biotech is going to put a lot of people out of the job market soon. And this is going to undermine a little bit freedom and equality. For example, if big data algorithm can create uh, digital dictatorships or concentrate power in the hands of a tiny elite while most people suffer, not from exploitation, uh, but for, for something a, a lot worse that is irrelevance, this is going to be really bad for the job market. So we need to be aware of these changes and I think that there is something uh, very important here. That is the fact that people may not understand, AI, may not understand technology, but they know that they are not going to be taken into consideration if they are left behind. So you might not know it, but you know that you are not part of the game. And so that's why I think that we need to communicate with people and they need to understand why AI is so important, how it works and how we can create this human AI teams that I think that are going to perform a lot better than maybe just a human or maybe just an AI by themselves, if we can collaborate. Mm. Oh, that's really good. You know, I'd like to go a little bit deeper before we go into the collaboration on AI and and teams, can we go a little bit deeper on how you feel that AI has um, impacted the political landscape? Like, do you feel that um, one party, one political party benefited more from the use of AI than another? Or, uh, you know, is that is that what I'm to understand? Or, uh, well, uh, I would I would not say the use of AI because to use AI, you need a lot of data. And if you have access to a lot of data, then you can use this big data algorithm and you can mine this data. So uh, of course, I think that there are a lot of cases that you can read that political parties have taken advantage of that. But the question here is not taking advantage of the use of AI. The question would be if they have taken advantage of the data that might be private and that they shouldn't have access to that data. Mm -hmm. For example, I think that in 
and this is very important because I think that in some cases we need to regulate AI. And I'm, mm. I'm going to bring the conversation a, a little bit back. For example, during the industrial age, the liberal the liberal political system was shaped to run a world of steam engines, steam engines, uh, oil refineries, televisions. Mm -hmm. and now it's difficult to deal with these ongoing revolutions in information technology and biotechnology. Politicians and voters alike can barely understand these new technologies. I mean, let alone regulate their explosive potential. Mm -hmm. Already today, computers have made the financial system so complicated that few humans understand. And as AI improves, we might soon reach a point where no human can understand the financials anymore. And what, what consequences will it have for the political process? Can we imagine a government so this wait for an algorithm to approve its budgets or a new tax reform. Meanwhile, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, blockchain networks and cryptocurrency like Bitcoin can completely revamp the monetary system uh, mm. so that sweeping off tax reforms and, and making this uh, inevitable. So governments may need to invent entirely new ways to tax people or maybe you could put an, an information tax. I mean, the question is, will the political system manage to deal with the crisis before running out of money? So mm -hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of things here. So that's very interesting. You know, this Bitcoin thing has become very popular. Um, is there, uh, you just use that as an example, no connection there between the uh, AI and the uh, Bitcoin or, you know, just kind of using that as like a, uh, something that uh, sweeping or yeah and there are a lot of things for example uh, ai threatens to to even change the meaning of life uh, soon we will be able to learn to design brains extend life and and thoughts at our discretion and nobody knows the consequences that this will bring humans are very very good at at inventing tools but they're not very good at uh, they're not very wise when using when using them. For example, mm -hmm. it is easier to redirect a river through the, through a construction dam than to predict the complex consequences that this will bring uh, for the ecological system of the region. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so your suggestion, you know, to the solution. Well, I mean, because you know what we're trying to avoid is just to have like an elite few control the the world right you 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 kind of mentioned that earlier uh you know you you mentioned a partnership between humans and and ai uh you know that you feel is is kind of the solution to it all um can you can you talk a little bit about how you feel that um that that is that is uh the path you know to go on you know why why you're an advocate of that you know if you can talk a little bit about what what you'd like to see happen in this future of AI for people? Okay, for example, it could be that in the 2050, for example, the labor market is characterized by human AI corporation rather than a competition between one and the other. In areas from surveillance to banking, a human plus AI teams may outperform both human and computers. However, the problem with these new jobs is that they are likely to require high levels of expertise and therefore will not solve all the problems of unskilled workers. For example, in 1920, 
a farm worker who ha who was fired as the result of mechanization of our of agriculture was able to find new jobs in a tractor factory for example in the 1980 maybe a factory worker who become who became unemployed could start working as a cashier in a supermarket however in 2050 it could be difficult for a cashier or a textile worker who just love his job due to a robot to start working as a cancer researcher or as a drone operator operator or something or being a part of a human AI banking team. So the of the complexity of these new jobs in the future, they're going to make it a lot harder. So I think that this is something that we should take into consideration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, I found it really interesting as you started to talk about how AI is going to uh, be the thing that, uh, you know, could cause us to be able to redesign the brain or extend life. Um, could you tell us, could you speak a little bit more to that? You know, cause I'm very naive. I, I don't, uh, I, I guess ignorant might even be the word. I, I don't know much about uh, this potential, you know, could you, could you just share a little bit about how that's going to evolve into having such an impact on the health of people? Well, yeah. Uh, for example, uh, there are two type of capabilities that human have physical and cognitive. In the past, humans competed with uh, machines, competed with humans uh, primarily in the physical uh, abilities. Well, human had a huge advantage in cognition. However, AI is now beginning to outperform humans uh, in, their, in these capabilities too, including understanding humans' emotions. Uh, it has been discovered that we all make cho the, the choices that we all make from food to partner are the result uh, not of some mysterious free will, but of the work of billions of neurons that are calculating probabilities in a fraction of a second. I mean, this much celebrated human intuition is actually pattern recognition. And it has been seen that this biochemical algorithm of the human brain are far from perfect. This means that AI can outperform human, humans, even in tasks that are uh, theoretically required this intuition. For example, if you believe that AI must compete with humans in soul, in terms of these mystical hunches, this is really in impossible. But if AI is to compete with, with a neural network in calculating probabilities and pattern recognition, that seems a lot less uh, overwhelming. Mm -hmm. and, and also when we think in, in automation, I think it's wrong to compare a single human, for example, a single human driver with a driverless car. You need to compare uh, the capabilities of a set of human individuals with the capabilities of an integrated network. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, a, a, a lot of cars, it's and, and this is when you see the, the, the difference that they could make uh, thanks to learning algorithms and biometric sensors. Um, soon, for example, a, a poor peasant in an undeveloped country could get a much better healthcare from his smartphone than the richest person in the world today. Mm. How? Just because of the research that the phone is able to do or how does that work? 
Well, because you're going to replace uh, doctors with AI. Mm. At least this phone is going to have the knowledge of, and it's going to have data from millions and millions of people. So mm. it's it, it, this AI is going to be able to outperform any doctor in the world. We talked about how AI uh, will uh, soon outperform any doctor in the world. And you said there is something interesting here. And then it cut off. So if you could kind of pick up uh, from there. The idea of blocking automation in fields such as transportation and healthcare, uh, and solely for the purpose of safeguarding human jobs is crazy. Uh, after all, what we should be ultimately protecting is humans, not the jobs. Unnecessary drivers and doctors will have to find something else to do. I mean, if we have a, a better solution and we can avoid uh, deaths and, and car accidents, then humans should not be driving. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even if taxi drivers or Uber drivers get mad, I mean, the uh, if the alternative is better. Yeah, so let, let me, I mean, most doctors do treat with medications, like they are able to observe certain symptoms and say, okay, you know, you need a medicine. Uh, some doctors, however, are going to... Um, Treat with surgery or whatnot, you know, um, where do you think that, uh, do you think, what, what doctors do you feel are, are most susceptible to being replaced? What, what doctors do you feel are going to be uh, replaced? Well, the I, I, I would put it in this way, at least in the short terms, like AI and robotics are unlikely to wipe out entire industries. Jobs that require specialization in a narrow range of routines and activities, this will be automated. So if you say maybe a doctor, maybe a surgeon that has to perform a very specific surgery that is very simple, but very de de delicate, I mean, probably this would be replaced, but it will be much more difficult to replace humans with machine in less routine tasks that require simultaneous use of a wide spectrum of skills and that involve having to face unforeseen situations. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. So uh, when you mentioned... When you mention these jobs going away and that we shouldn't protect we shouldn't protect the job but we should protect the human what what type of world do you see us living in i mean are there are there new jobs being created to replace the jobs that are being lost uh you know by the ai i mean it does the government just take care of people and and uh ai becomes the the workers uh you know are people just sitting at home while ai does the work you know how to uh, how do you see this future going? Well, I think that between a few decades, uh, mm, hold on, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I was thinking. Uh, yeah, so I'm thinking about the fact that artificial intelligence is going to take different jobs, whether it be transportation or, or take over, like as we were just talking about, uh, even the job of a doctor. And so then what happens, I mean, if billions of jobs are lost or whatever, you know, what happens uh, to the people? Where do they go to work? What will be their future opportunities? What are things? One, obviously, people should become aware now of what things they should become skilled at for the future to have employment. Or do you see us evolving into a society 
to where AI does the work and people are sitting at home and uh, somehow we're all getting paid. I mean, like, you know, well, how, how does this work? You know? To be honest, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and this is something that we need to figure out. Uh, but I, I don't really know exactly where is, this is going to take us. Uh, because I, I, I don't really know if computers and robots are going to really take over of the whole system or not. Because you might argue that, well, maybe, maybe as a consumer, we will need a people but but they, that might not be the case uh, may, uh, you could have a a, a a robot automated factory that produces a, i don't know iron and then sell this iron to a to a mining company that that digs iron and then they sell it sell sell back and forth and they don't even need humans in this uh, trading so mm -hmm. I, I'm not really sure with where this will take us and, and the fact that we don't know and nobody knows because we don't know to, to, to which extent and when this change is coming. So uh, we need to be prepared and we need to be, we need to work on these problems and we need a new uh, political system maybe that includes technology and takes into consideration uh, all these stuff. For example, if we are able to redesign the brain, we are able to modify humans and discretion, and we don't understand the meaning of life, well, maybe uh, the meaning of life is going to be decided not by uh, not by us, but by, uh, by the financial statements of a, a big industry and based on, the, on their interests, you know? Mm. Wow. Well, it's a, it's a crazy world to think about. Uh, so how does your company, AI Monkey, uh, you know, as a mobile app developer and software developer, how are you helping businesses to prepare for this kind of future? Well, uh, when we're working with this uh, companies, I mean, we want people to understand AI and we want people to to actually to be part of the game. We want our companies, the, the people that work with us, we want them to be aware and especially uh, to, we, we make sure that they don't use uh, data from clients that is, uh, that, that, that is illegal. We want, we want people to use uh, data that, that actually is, is available and and not to infringe in privacy violations and, and, and all this stuff. I think that this is really important for the society mm -hmm. uh, in order for this, uh, for this to work. Uh, this is something that we make sure that they do. And, and we actually explain them a lot uh, how to use the AI because we have had some clients in the past that they want to implement AI in, in their solutions and they come and say, hey, I want AI. Sometimes I say, but how do you want AI? I don't know, but you're the AI guy, so help me out. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, you need to uh, uh, you need you need to help us out a little bit here. 
and, mm -hmm. and then we need to explain them, well, you need to use data, how you're going to process it, you're going to, you need to be able to compare it with something, you need to, you need to have some results, where are we, what are we going to connect, uh, mm -hmm. is the data that you're planning on using uh, available, uh, how can we mine this data, and, and this is the first step with working with any client, basically. Mm. So let's uh, let's use an example. I have a lot of uh, people in the fitness industry uh, that listen to this podcast, and uh, you know, fitness members, uh, fitness business owners. Um, if you are working with a company such as mine in fitness, um, wh what are some of the benefits as to how we would incorporate AI into uh, what we well, do? In fitness in fitness, you can do a lot, a lot especially if you're using biometric sensors uh, because you start getting a lot of data from the body. Uh, mm -hmm. There are a lot of things like heart rates or, or maybe, and, and if you use your, your in the blood, in the blood there's a lot, a lot of data you can track, but maybe from the heart, there are a lot of things that you can get from the heart or there are, uh, for example, I have a company called Regata that we work for. Uh, and this company, uh, offer services where you we have an application that connects via Bluetooth to different rowing devices and treadmills. So there are a lot of data that you can extract from, from people when they're using this machine. So you can help them out. Uh, for example, with the routines, you can start predicting things. If, uh, if someone is going to have maybe a heart attack or something, you can, you can start recognizing patterns. Uh, you can know that there, there is a, a current in in biotech that says that there are a lot of things that you can predict by the just by the way that your heart is beating and and maybe there are patterns that you might not be able to recognize a human might not be able to recognize but an ai can recognize these patterns so in the fitness uh, world you can measure a lot of things maybe if you want to gain weight maybe if you want to to change things, maybe measuring your diet, how, how it's affecting. I mean, at, at the end, uh, the human body is very complex and this pattern recognition algorithms can help you a lot in, in order to, to achieve your goals. Mm. So actually, when you think about what a trainer does, often, you know, trying to compare like a a food journal with a uh, a result that somebody has, whether it be a result in, on the scale for weight loss or uh, a result with body fat loss or inches lost or things like that, um, that the the more data that we can give to AI, uh, you know, like this is this could become like the the super trainer of the future that tells you exactly what you need to do, especially with some blood work, right? Yeah, maybe you should eat this and you should eat this amount of repetitions or, or maybe you shouldn't be putting that much weight in your barbell or whatever. Yeah, right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Or you maybe know. AI could help you to predict, predict injuries. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know, maybe by feeling the way you're grabbing uh, the bar or maybe by you can use uh, AI with also with a camera and mm -hmm. see and recognize images and maybe by the way you're doing the exercise the ai could help you say hey you're doing this wrong you're doing that good mm -hmm. and, and could help you out i mean 
there are movement screens in our industry, functional movement screens in our industry. For example, in, 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 in golfing, and, 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 and this is not very hard to do. There are a lot of uh, libraries and, and algorithms uh, out there that can help you do that. Uh, there is this open CV thing that uh, works very good for that. And we use it, we use it for uh, driverless cars and those kind of projects. Mm -hmm. But this could help, for example, a golfer with his swing and, and recognize whether your, uh, uh, why your swing is not working uh, good enough and, and help you to, to fix it. And you can do the same in the gym or maybe uh, some other sport. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that is so cool to think about. Like the, the sports coach, the sports coach of the future is AI analyzing movement patterns and telling people how to correct them. Wow, that's wild. So cool. Um, anything else that you feel that people should uh, know that you'd like to share today about AI or your company? Which is well, I, I would like to share about my company that we're doing this because we love it and we, we love technology. Uh, the moment I, I started working on this, I feel very, very, very passionate. Uh, we're working with the, with the Simon Bolivar University. We have been growing a lot lately. Uh, right now, uh, I, I moved to New York because I started getting a lot of clients into the US. Uh, and we help them out with their AI solutions. And we also develop mobile applications, uh, web apps. We do cloud computing. We, we help them out, but we focus on helping startups that they want to grow really fast. We understand this process. We have worked with uh, a lot of startups. Uh, we have developed their solutions. And our service is based on three pain points that our clients have because uh, entrepreneurs tend to have no time because they're very, very busy. Uh, and when you add a developer team to your organization, it's very hard to manage it. So we don't only provide the developers, we help you out with the project management, we give you the software architecture, we give you QA, this is all in our service. We give you everything that, that you need and we help you out to manage that team we also have very, very good uh, payment terms, long-term payment terms, forgettable payment terms. <laughs> uh, because the second main point of an entrepreneur is that they don't have a lot of money, especially when, when they are starting their, their startup. And the third main point is they don't, they don't have enough knowledge and, and they need help with that. So we're focused on solving those issues and help out uh, young entrepreneurs that they want their dreams to come true. Well, if you come with AI Monkey, now you can feel like a real Silicon Valley CEO because you have everything that they have. Mm -hmm. And a very, very good rate. <laughs> oh, very cool. I like how you say forgettable terms. Um, forgettable so terms, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, so... Uh, not only, you know, are you not necessarily taking on a big project by working with you because you take care of the project management, uh, but you make it affordable and you allow uh, a new startup business with little money to uh, eat in a big arena. Uh, so very cool. Very cool. And when people want to get in touch with your company, uh, do they go through www.aimonkey.io? Is that where they would go? 
yeah, they have to go to www.aimonkey.io. Okay. And that's it. You'll go there and, and you can get in touch with me. Awesome. Is there any other links that you'd like to share today? Uh, any, or is that the... Oh, you can follow us at Instagram. Okay. We are AI Monkey. Okay. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for sharing with our listeners about AI today. I know that I've learned a lot and I hope everyone else has too. Thank you so much. No, thanks you for the opportunity. This is very, very exciting to be here. Uh, thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I'm working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.